brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hi, welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Wow, we have a great, great guest this week. I mean, we have that every week, Seth, and I know I say that over and over, but it's true. And she's just very, very interesting. I love people with a really cool story that are that is really interesting. But I think you have a really cool story, or I'm not so sure how cool it is. How's it going at home, Seth? Oh, wait, which one are you referring to? My, my never-ending saga? Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's the never-ending saga. I, yeah. I think people tune in. I think I think uh, a lot of our our listeners tune in just to hear what's going on between me and my neighbor. She could probably hear me now <laughs> as I talk about it. Um, yeah, I know. I gotta even be careful what I say now. Uh, since then, uh, since uh, I was on the ground and everything else, um, she saw me walk out of my apartment and. I didn't make eye contact or say anything. I just went to my car. And when I left, Melissa said, what did you do? I said, what do you mean? What did I do? She's slamming doors. She turned electricity on and off. She's going crazy. Blasting music. I said, I didn't look at her. I didn't talk to her. I guess just this, I guess she thought I was, I should be in jail by now. I don't, I don't know what she thought because I was destroying furniture that she said was hers and it's not hers. So I, and and then at, then when we uh, on our way to go away for a couple of days, uh, our car was keyed. I wonder who did that. Oh, I'm gonna have to boy. call Inspector Clouseau to figure that one out. Oh, boy. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm hoping um, I'm hoping to have uh, you know take some positive steps forward uh, soon. And you know, obviously, even not, even if this wasn't the case, we still want to move anyway. But she sure is uh, helping us move it along. But hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, she's helping you with that decision, dude. She's like, okay, let's let's go. Giving you the old bums rush. Get out there. Yeah, door. well, hopefully uh, she takes a few licks on the way out as well. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. In the meantime, everything's good with the baby. Everything's good with the Yeah, family. we were uh, out for a couple of days because there's mold in the house. So that had to be fixed. Oh, that's the uh, worst. So we, we had oh. a couple nights in hotels, which kids love. So it was fun. Yeah, that's that's well. At least now it's supposed to be the next couple of days. are supposed to be really About nice. time. Um, I'm telling you right now, dude. People are like suicidal with this well, rain. A, like a Monday and no beach. We at least it was Point Pleasant, so the kids run rides and stuff. But just um, yeah, terrible. Yeah, mail manager mom has been in, I'm not kidding, like the crabbiest, crabbiest mood because of the rain. It happens. You know, I lived in Seattle. They called it yeah. seasonal effect disorder. Uh, the acronym is SAD. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
That's really awesome. Oh, welcome. What what the heck was that? Hey, um, so I, I don't know if you want to jump into this, but I last night I was on the maxi climber. <gasps> oh my gosh! Tell me, tell me, tell me. I, um, it's hard, but it's good. I mean, it's not just so hard where you can't people can't use it because like you, you're working against yourself, like you've said. Um, but two minutes in, I was like, wow, I'm feeling this. Um, but like I told you, I'm an animal. I had to tough it out. I was like, I'm not gonna like not not do what I my goals are. And uh, I got to over 15 minutes on it. Oh, you yeah. did. It, you didn't make the 20. No, because it was like it was late last night. I didn't get a chance to go on because my daughter doesn't like to go to sleep, and my wife was sleeping, so I had to stay up with her. Um, and she wasn't even sleeping then either. She was. I put her in bed, and yeah, it was bad. She's a pain in the butt. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could have made it to twenty. I, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna be sore though. I'm gonna be hurting. That's a that's a full body workout. It's um, I was pumped afterwards though, man. I was like ready to like rip a wall down. Right? It's the greatest, isn't yeah. it? I'm up to seventeen minutes, and I, I know it took me three weeks to get to seventeen minutes. And I'm I'm gonna be completely transparent and completely honest with everyone because the seventeen minutes I stop it like. 13 for like 30 seconds just to like <sighs> and then I jump back on and say okay okay go 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 but it is an absolute full body workout it, it I mean you're Spider-Man right yeah I was uh you're climbing you're climbing the wall like you're watching the cartoon like you know arms going up your legs going up um I was drenched I was soaked um yeah it was uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna if I'm not too sore, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to try to do it every day. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's you've got to. I've been doing it. Now, wait, understand this, though. You do slide back. Like, I got up to, like, 15-something and then slid back a little bit because the next day I was just, like, I couldn't. Too sore. I don't care. Some days you just can't get it. You know well, what I'm saying? You should tell people, you know, that might be, you know, you and I have been working out for many, many years. Um, and for me, I can jump on and do something. The thing that will get me is I'll be sore. Because uh, you know I'm not used to right. it, or I can do it. I can do a class, or I can do I can do uh, some kind of equipment like this, and do it for a long period of time. But I'll be hurting after. I mean, this is a you could start with five, three minutes, you know, with this, and it'll be beneficial. You know, oh, so yeah. don't don't feel like you got to get on that thing and do 10, 15 minutes off the bat. You don't. You can you can build up to it, and that's the thing too. I like about it is like you can keep challenging yourself on this to, you know, set your own personal goals and records and, uh, you go at your pace. And uh, I, I really do. I think it could be beneficial just jumping on a few minutes a day, just to you like it. Absolutely. It's you against you. And I've been saying that all the time. It's you against you in your head, physically, everything. It's you against you. And you're thousand percent right. Do two minutes, then, then increase it to two and a half. I mean, just do something. This is so beneficial. I am seeing, all right. And when I, took the little girls, my, my granddaughter was swimming the other day. And my, my daughter-in-law was like, Oh my God, you are getting so cut. She goes, your arms were always cut, but she goes, wow, I can't believe it. And I'm not, I'm not lying this. I gained three pounds. Muscle. It has to be because I'm eating exactly the same. I drink a mountain of water every day, but I've gained three pounds. And you know, for, for any of our listeners who are getting a little older, it's good. It's good. To, and it also strengthens your bones. And that's important. So you don't want to fall and break a hip. 
Right, right. Especially you. Yes. Anyway, when we get back, we have Kara Golden on the show and she's amazing. I mean, Kara is a woman I greatly respect and admire. Kara Golden is the former vice president of shopping and e-commerce at AOL, the former vice president. When AOL was acquired by another tech giant, she decided to stop and step back and focus on raising her family. She's having three kids at the time. She realized that what she wanted to do was spend more time creating a healthy lifestyle, fighting the battle to lose the additional weight after her third child. She realized that everything she was drinking was sugary, unhealthy, artificial diet, and she bravely and brilliantly, brilliantly created Hint Water, a flavor-infused beverage with no calories, sweeteners, or artificial flavors. 12 years later, and another child, now she has four, with over 90 million dollars in total annual sales, Kara has been awarded things like Fortune's Most Powerful Woman Entrepreneur, Forbes 40 Women to Watch Over 40, and Hint Water continues to grow and grow. It's with great pleasure and excitement. And I'm telling you what, she's an amazing, amazing inspiration. I love everything about what she had to say. We welcome our guest, Kara Golden. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. So we're here with Kara Golden. And as I told you in her intro, she's just an amazing person. And I have tried personally, I have tried Hint Water and I gave it to mail manager mom and her friends because, uh, you know, I talked about this over the time that I've had the show. Ma has a problem with drinking water and the doctors are always telling me she's got to drink more water, got to drink more water. So I gave her some and she loved it and I love it. I like the watermelon myself because I'm a huge watermelon fan and because I make my protein shakes with watermelon, but there's the, the flavors are amazing and the the owner inventor and brainstorm behind this is an amazing person too. I'm here with Kara Golden. Hi, Kara. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you on. And I have to be honest with you. It blow it blew my mind. And I'm going to jump right into this because I think it's important. When I read that you were drinking 10 to 12 cans of diet soda a day, you had to have felt really crappy. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I was drinking, you know, lots and lots of, of diet soda and, and, you know, while I might not have felt that great, it didn't sort of dawn on me that it might be because of, you know, the diet soda. Instead, I started seeing that I had developed terrible adult acne, um, and that, you know, I didn't even have that when I was a teenager. I had some extra weight on me, which I wanted to lose. And then, then I started really realizing that I didn't have great energy either. And so it was, it was sort of a combination of all those things, just saying that like life had just kind of changed for me in that perspective of just not really, you know, feeling great, maybe not looking the way I wanted to look either. Um, but it was really like, I don't know that I would have actually come up with the conclusion, gosh, I don't feel well if I wasn't sort of, you know, like, I think the adult acne in particular was the thing that was sort of like, you know, really standing out to me, like, why is this happening to my skin? And and finally, I went to a bunch of different doctors who actually said, 
Um, you know, that's what happens when you get older, you're hormonal, you're like all of these, you know, things that, um, you know, I've heard over and over again from people where doctors like to say that when you, you know, as you get older, and it doesn't matter if you're going from 13 to 16 or, you know, 30 to 35, right? It's like, it's, it's like the go-to of like, oh, you're getting older and you're hormonal or whatever. Especially when you're a woman, right? Because you had just, you had kids and, you know, a lot was going on in your life. You just, you know, you've not, you've recently gotten out of doing what you, you trained to do. You know, you were a big tech giant and like everything in your life was moving. So they like totally. to go. They, they like to say, "Oh well, you know, you're hormonal and you've had kids and blah 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 blah." blah. Exactly. And so I I was really kind of hearing this and and saying, "Okay, well, what do I do about that? I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a scientist. Like, how do I actually, you know, come to some sort of conclusion that's going to make me better?" And and um, Finally, I, there was no diagnosis of any sort. It was really sort of like, this is what's going on. And then finally I thought, gosh, I wonder if it's what I'm putting into my body. And, and frankly, I mean, the diet soda was like not even something that I even for a minute thought was the issue. I really was, um, you know, thinking that it was something food related and I didn't even make the connection that, gosh, there's something, you know, my skin isn't acting the way that it should be acting. And therefore, uh, I, I need to like, you know, get, I need to figure out, is it an allergy? Is it whatever? It was just kind of like, okay, something's just not kind of gelling with my system in some way. So I need to come to some sort of like conclusion on this. And as I, it was actually quite easy for me to sort of like walk into my refrigerator in my pantry and about everything that doesn't have like, that isn't real, right? And it wasn't like I was sitting there eating Twinkies every day or, you know, even a bag of potato chips. It was like I was eating pretty real food. But when it came to my diet soda, it was kind of like, wait, I'm drinking that and that's diet. And so therefore, it can't be that bad for me. And then when I looked at all of the ingredients in my diet soda, I really realized that that was a, uh, you know, just like it just wasn't real stuff. It was a lot more ingredients than I ever thought, you know, it was. I just hadn't paid attention more than anything. And I had sort of accepted the the drink for, you know, what they were marketing it as, which was diet. And diet, you know, I I think about this and speak on this a lot now. I mean, diet is really a... Um, you know, it's an interesting label because it's one where people really feel like, um, you know, it's, it's like better for them in some way. So it's, it's, um, it's really like, it's really, um, you know, that's the key thing that it's, it's kind of a, um, it's, it's one of these words that somewhere along the way, like when we're a kid, we look at the word diet and we think, okay, diet is not as good. Um, it is not, it's not something that's a positive word, but somewhere along the way we hear the word diet or low fat or whatever. And we actually think like we're doing better. Oh, absolutely. We've been brainwashed by the industry. 
That's a brain. Right. I mean, I'm a brander. I've been branding for 25 years and a marketer. And you grow people on a brand, you brainwashed them. Yeah, totally. That easy. I mean, it, it's just we have been brainwashed for that. And you're right because, you know, I, I keep and I know because I come from the industry like people I keep telling people your skin is your biggest organ. So if there's issues with your skin, there's issues with front in within. There's the, that's what I always tell people. I said, so you don't know, pay attention to your skin. Pay attention to if you look dull, if your skin, you know, if your skin is super dry, or I mean, there's always a combination of many things that can relate to that. But you're saying it like as clear as you could possibly say. I was looking like crap. I've got adult acne, which I didn't have as a teen. What's happening? It's something yeah. I'm putting in my body. Totally. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really think about. Like it's, it's, it is your largest organ. And, and when you start to see some sort of issue with it, then, you know, you should pay attention and you should, you know, change things up and see if you can actually, you know, make a shift. Because oftentimes it's something in your body, whether it's one of your organs, you know, outside of your skin, actually doing too much work and causing these problems. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen this over the years and, you know, many cases. And I just, again, went back to sort of thinking, okay, it's, it's, you know, I'm pregnant or I'm a teenager or whatever, you know, is the issue. And, and I think, um, or the life stage or whatever. And, and I think I really felt like that was kind of what was going on in this case. And then when I decided to pay attention and drop the diet soda and instead just start drinking water, I realized one thing and, and really focused on that one thing, which was I felt like I had been sentenced. I wasn't like enjoying drinking water. I was never a water drinker. I aspired to be a water drinker. I knew that it was better for me, but I really like felt like that wasn't, uh, you know, that wasn't sort of what I was ultimately doing um, going to be doing with the rest of my life. And so, um, when I, I did it, I like literally lined up eight glasses of water on my kitchen table. And I said, I'm going to drink these every day before I go to bed at night and make sure that I get my eight glasses and just see whether or not that makes a difference. And, uh, once I did that in two and a half weeks, I realized that I had lost over 20 pounds. My, uh, adult acne had cleared up and, then I really started to realize that maybe it was the ingredients in the diet soda that were causing this problem. And then I, uh, you know, basically lived the rest of my life. Months went by. I'd be out seeing friends. They're like, gosh, your skin looks great. Like, what kind of moisturizer are you putting on it? And I was like, listen, I'm not really doing that much different. I'm really, um, I had lost actually by six months, I had lost over 50 pounds and I wasn't doing that much different on the outside of my skin. It was really on what I was putting into my body that was really shining through. And that's when I realized that like, I don't know how much longer I can live on this, like, you know, I, I didn't mind the healthy eating. Again, I hadn't, I wasn't that unhealthy of an eater before, but the thing that was really, you know, 
the most glaring change for me, as I mentioned, was, you know, the change in the diet soda and drinking water. So I started slicing up fruit that I was already eating and throwing it in the water. And then I really realized that this was significantly helping me to not only keep the weight off that I had lost, but also keep my skin looking great. And, um, and then when I went to the grocery store, my local Whole Foods in San Francisco, I saw that all of these things that were calling themselves water, whether it was vitamin water or there were lots of other waters that were out there, either had a ton of sodium in it, especially the carbonated ones, or they had some sort of sweetener in it. And at that time, it was NutraSweet, um, Splenda was also being used, Sucralose, um, sometimes it would have, uh, sugar, but actually a lot of the ones were actually onto this concept that people, if they actually called it something, you know, besides plain water. So, you know, vitamin water is a great example that people would actually buy it. And, you know, as I, you know, have had conversations with the, you know, vitamin water, people who worked for vitamin water over the years, it's like, you know, vitamin water was a brilliant marketing message because the people who actually went to try that product realized that it tasted really great. And the reason why it tasted really great is I can't sort of identify how many vitamins it actually had in it, but it had as much sugar 13 years ago when I started Hint as a can of Coke. Like, and no one imagined that that was the case. They were like, well, it's called water, so it has to be better for you. And, and it really wasn't at all. So anyway, I, I really was on to this whole idea that that's really the, you know, the concept there that we need to, um, you know, that I needed to really identify by reading these labels and making sure that, you know, I was understanding what I was actually putting into my body. So anyway, so once I recognized that there was nothing like Hint in the marketplace, again, there were some carbonated versions of the product, but most of those had uh, sodium in in them if they didn't have uh, sweeteners in it. So I really wanted to develop a product that was still water um, so that I could drink, you know, eight plus glasses of water a day. Um, and it's really tough even, you know, for the, uh, the the best of the best to have eight glasses of carbonated water a day. You feel like you're going to blow up, right? And so I, I, didn't, I didn't have anything against carbonated water, but I really felt like it, it just wasn't going to allow me to drink as much water as I really wanted to drink. And then... Uh, and then I was really trying to find something that didn't have the sweeteners in it and sugar as well as the diet sweeteners. And then, of course, I didn't want preservatives in my product. So nothing like this was in the market. And so I just decided I just left my job in tech um, just it was probably 18 months before I had left. And um, I had just had my uh, my third child. And then I was taking some time off to actually figure out what I wanted to do next and and wanted to take the time with my very, very young kids um, to spend some time, you know, doing that as well. And then I was, while I was searching, I was just really, like I said, just trying to get healthy, trying to get in shape. And I stumbled upon, you know, this idea and this market and, you know, this need, not only for myself and for my family, but also for, you know, other people so that I could help them get healthy too. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, people always hear like, 
you doing what you're doing, I do what I do with One Tough Mother, and many, like, I've had some of the greatest women in the country on, and they think, well, you know, they got a leg up, or they got, you know, no, not not at all. It was something that you are passionate about, something that you believed in, which is so, so important. I mean, you had little kids. I'm, I don't care what anybody says. When you have kids that are little, and you're working a job, and you have a husband, and you have a life, and you I don't care if you're queen of sheba you're tired like you know, absolutely you know you, you you're you're worried you're worried am i doing the right thing is this good for my family you know can we swing this i mean there's a lot to involved and then there becomes the negativity the naysayers you know when i said i'm, I'm closing my company to do the one tough mother full-time people are like are you nuts is this yeah you need an intervention we need yeah. to shut you down I mean, Kara, you had to have heard that. A hundred percent. I mean, we did not even, you know, I say we, my husband, you know, included in that sort of description was like, look, you have, you're very marketable. You've been in tech. You, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. And now you're telling me that you want to go and, you know, launch this beverage company and, you know, not for nothing, but you know nothing about beverages. You know nothing about actually, um, you know, doing this in a way that that makes any sense. I mean, you're saying that you want to launch a company that is solving a problem. That's great. But do you actually know how to produce a product that doesn't have preservatives in it? No. Do you know how to get distribution? No. I mean, there were like a lot of unknowns. And so he hopped into this. Basically, I think, you know, making sure that I wasn't going to spend all of our savings, which, you know, I decided to, um, you know, I had made some money on my own. So we w wasn't really arguing with it. He was just, I think, more concerned. And then, you know, when I actually started telling friends, I mean, they were still commenting, gosh, you look great. You're obviously taking care of yourself and getting healthier. And what are you doing? And then I, you know, barely sort of tested the concept that I was starting this company with them and they were like, really? Like you're going to go be a, yeah, you're going to go be a beverage executive, like super surprised, you know, that that's what you're going to do. And, you know, uh, like, are you interviewing with any other tech companies and, you know, like what? And so, you know, they were all super nice to me, right? Like it's, it's, uh, if that wasn't the issue, they didn't have sort of the guts to actually tell me that, um, like my husband, that he thought it was a stupid idea, but instead they were just sort of questioning it, right? And so, so clearly that was there, but they also, uh, but, and so I decided to kind of remain a little, I wasn't like secretive about it, but I just decided to remain quiet about it because I thought, no, yep, I yeah, like I don't want these naysayers, like they don't know. You water know. now? What are you doing, lady? Yeah. Right. And, and I just felt like it was like sort of, you know, I mean, I, I still to this day, I, I tell entrepreneurs when I'm mentoring people, it's like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, what do you do with the naysayers? And I'm like, you know, you have a choice, right? You either like have a conversation or you don't have a conversation with them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with surrounding yourself with people that are going to give you energy, right? And right. I think that that's really, if you're surrounding yourself with people, whether it's your family or your, you know, best friends, and you're sharing an idea with them about, like, you know, what are your dreams, right? What you think is a possibility, what problem you think you can solve, and they're not, 
you know, responding to you in a way that is giving you energy, then, you know, again, you don't necessarily have to like get in an argument with them or cut them off or, or whatever. Just like, don't like have a massive conversation about it and move on and, and figure it out for yourself. And so that's what I did. I mean, I just kind of, you know, I was really fortunate because my husband was kind of, you know, trying to figure out what he was going to do next. He had been at an attorney uh, at Netscape and Netscape had been acquired by AOL as well. And uh, so we had been working in the same company for a little bit of time. And he had actually gone on to do a medical startup that was a little ahead of his time and made the decision to actually sell it off to the Bosch Foundation in Germany. And, and so um, he was, you know, trying to figure out what he wanted to do next and did he want to go into law? He sort of liked the idea of actually being in medicine um, and doing something medical related. Um, so we were sort of kind of in, in some ways in, in the same mindset of like, you know, if you can actually, uh, if you can actually get people to drink a product like Hint, which is less than a couple dollars a bottle and, you know, and, and they can just at that point like see what happens after they drink it, then you could actually change the whole concept of even like a national healthcare system, right? Where totally, and because people, and, and we've seen this over the last 13 years. I mean, the most common question that we get from consumers is, you know, what did you put in the drink? Because I lost weight, my skin cleared up. We have other people saying to us, like, you've cured my type 2 diabetes, my, you know, stomach issues, uh, you've helped me um, go through chemo as I'm battling cancer. We don't make any health claims at all, but it's what consumers are seeing. And I always say to them, like, look, there's only so many liquids you can put in your body a day. And, like, the, the big issue is not really what we're doing as much as I'd love to take full credit for it. It's really what you're giving up. Yeah. And so it's so if, true. It's so yeah. true. You're taking responsibility for your own health. And total and you know what? You said it like and, and you know what again, I'm I've been in the industry of, of nutrition and bodybuilding and and vitamin water came on with a bang and people are like vitamins in water oh my god and yeah. i know those people i mean i was there when they launched it I, I was there when they got 50 cent i mean i came around that and they grew their audience on vitamins in water oh my god yeah. you know you don't have yeah. to worry about buying your vitamin there it is so when when you do something like this, it, you have to change the mindset of so many people. But once it starts happening and once it starts snowballing, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's really, really amazing. And I think people it just and and that's the thing that if you start to really lose weight in, you know, over a few weeks, right, all of a sudden you you really start to see, I can do this, right? And then you start to get serious about, you know, taking really your health into your own hands and, and doing this. I mean, that that's the biggest problem that, you know, no matter what doctor you go to, if a doctor tells you, for example, like, you've really got, you know, you've got cholesterol issues, or you, you're overweight, or you're like, there's something about a doctor actually telling you these things that's that scares so many people into actually not actually doing anything about it, right? They want to get retested, 
they they're like, well, I'm not as bad as my neighbor, right? Like, like it's like that whole. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's like it. It's like you know, you're more likely to actually uh, do something if you feel like it's not that tough to do it, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna be able to just make a change, and again, not that expensive to do it either. You can just go and make this change just by, um, you know, changing. Yeah. Just getting rid of that. Exactly. So it's, it's amazing. And, you know, and I, and I don't mean to, to in any way, you know, be disrespectful. But when I say you're schlepping water, if you and your husband actually were schlepping water, you were making this stuff in small batches, putting it in your car and schlepping it around San Francisco, weren't you? Yeah, no, and that, I mean, that was another thing that I talk about frequently is that, you know, even to this day, 13 years later, I mean, you'll see me, if you see me in Whole Foods, uh, you know, while I'm doing my own grocery shopping, I'm also like working in the, not working, but technically working, but I'm going in the back room and pulling out product and making sure that my labels are facing. I mean, I'm the CEO of the company, right? Like, but, but that doesn't, I have a hundred and 35 people working at this company now, but it doesn't stop me from actually wanting to, you know, really do the best thing for this company. And I, and I think that that's, you know, that's the thing that, that I was in this mode in my life. And it sounds like you've had sort of these moments as well as, you know, I had been managing a couple hundred people. I was, you know, had a, an assistant, I, you know, like all this fancy stuff, right? Where I was like doing, doing it, right? And, and really happy doing it. But I also, but I also really felt like I had stumbled upon something. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, I knew I couldn't go and hire a bunch of people because we didn't have the money to actually pay them unless I personally paid them out of my own bank account and I, I really didn't even know what I was doing. So, I mean, I frequently think about, you know, the first couple of years, I mean, we really self-financed this company uh, because my husband joined, um, again, because I think he didn't, he was concerned about me draining our savings account. And so he was like, okay, I got to come in here and help her. And, you know, and he saw how passionate I was about this. But also, like, we really, like, there was nobody, there was no school that we could go to to actually figure out like how to do what we wanted to do. Like, I mean, even to this day, I mean, there's no school that tells you like, okay, here's how you go get a product on the shelf at Whole Foods. Here's, you know, how much inventory you should have on hand. Here's, you know, how you produce a product that is, you know, unsweetened as well as uh, no preservatives. And so for us, it, it, we just kept like, you know, researching it, trying to talk to as many people as possible, and then putting our heads together to actually say, okay, well, maybe this part is possible. And that was like a good couple of years. And I didn't want to raise money and go and like spend someone else's money until I had figured this out. I mean, I also, you know, wanted to have a life and still wanted to have dinner and lunch with friends and not have them say like, you know, when are you going to get this off the ground? Like, how's my $30,000? You know, I wanted, you know, some sanity with my, you know, friendships. And, and so 
you know, while that changed over time, once we, you know, people were really saying, like, I think you're onto something, you know, this is, and we were really sure it was a company, we did start it start to allow friends and family to invest in what we were doing. But anyway, I think that that's, you know, that that's the thing that we saw. I mean, we, we really wanted to kind of figure out exactly how to do this. And then once we did, then, you know, we decided we could, we could go out and raise money. It's so funny too, because you made a great point because, um, people are like, Karen, you know, like you were, you've been in, in marketing and advertising for 25 years. You've been very successful. You've done a lot of branding on a lot of products. I want to put this on the shelf. How do I do that? And I'll say, you understand that the shelf is like renting an apartment, right? Do you understand that when it's on the shelf, you have to pay a VIG? Like, and you have to have distribution and you have that there's rules that you have to follow and your boxes have to be marked a certain way and they can come back in any day and say, oh, no, now we want the boxes marked like that. And now you have a basement full of boxes that are no good. I said, there's a huge process to this. It's not just you walk in a store and throw something on a shelf and people look at me like I have two heads because if you do not know someone who has been through that process to help you with that process or at least guide you through that process, you're shocked, right? A hundred. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think, you know, it was definitely right time, right place that I walked in and, you know, and was able to get it on the shelf. Um, but I also feel like, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, really my own problem that I was able to articulate, um, which was, you know, super, super sellable, right? To the guy that happened to be stocking the shelf at Whole Foods. Right. And here's the gig too. I always, I tell people this all the time because if I'm consulting with a product and someone wants to get something on a shelf or wherever they want to get it, I always say to them, if you think getting on the shelf is hard, you're wrong. Getting it off the shelf is so much harder. Because yeah, you no, have definitely. to convince the public that this is something that they're going to spend their money on you can put it on every shelf in the world people will walk by it in two seconds and never see it you have to market it you have to have a plan you have to have a way of getting it off the shelf a hundred percent i mean i'm glad you're saying that because i you know i always tell to tell entrepreneurs like you know they'll they'll come to me and they'll say oh we got it on the shelf at you know so and so you know great market and i'm like congratulations. And, you know, that's really great. And how's it selling? And they're like, well, you know, it, we haven't like, it, it really hasn't, it's too early or we really haven't seen, or I don't know, they'll come up with some sort of reason. And I've always said like, you know, while you celebrate the little wins, like the real true test of whether or not your product is going to make it is whether or not the consumer is sell, buying it for the second time and the third time and the fourth time. So, you know, the challenge is, is really having it in the store for long enough, because if it's not selling and you're not getting the pull off the shelf, then, you know, it's not right that the, that the, that the grocery stores actually leave you on the shelf either because they're losing money as well. Right. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, it's one thing if you're like a large um, supermarket that's getting lots of money up front, like a, you know, whatever, Safeway or Publix or Kroger. But I mean, it's, there's this one store here in, in uh, 
the in the San Francisco Bay Area that is um, you know just a great kind of specialty store. It's sort of like a Whole Foods kind of store, but it's very local. Um, specialty stores with really good stuff and they work with a lot of local people and I always you know send people especially if they have better for you products over to uh, this market called Woodlands Market and you know what I think is so fair about Woodlands is that they will put almost everything not everything but almost everything that is like a great product on the shelf but unless it actually pulls off the shelf in in like a couple of weeks and they actually see that they've gone through a reasonable amount of product, then they'll ask you as the founder to come and take the product off the shelf. And, you know, and I've said to people like that is fair, right? Because they're trying to run their business as well too. And so, and so I think if you can find those stores, you know, and again, whether it's in food and beverage or it's in, you know, some other market that actually will, um, you know, basically look at it in a democratic way like that where you can you know say okay like they're going to give me a shot and if it doesn't pull then it just might not be the right product it could be the packaging it could be you know the the actual taste of the product or the formula or whatever it is but I think it's that's that's how I I really try and get people to uh to think about you know, launching a product, find those people that will give you a shot, but recognize that, you know, it's, it's, uh, definitely something that you've got to look at their, they're trying to follow their business as well. And, and you know, and that, and this part of what we're going to talk about for a minute, this part of your life is what drew me to wanting to have you on my show, because the one type mother show is life lessons, women teaching other women life lessons. You and I have lived very full lives, and we've done a million things, and we have a lot of life lessons. I've had, you know, Gloria Aldred on, who, who's done a million things, and, and um, Dr. DuPont, and, and amazing people, Lillian Glass, who taught, you know, um, Dustin Hoffman how to be Tootsies, you know, the famous body language expert. But here's the deal. We have these life lessons we want to share with women. And one of the life lessons is that you were a VP of AOL. You were a successful person. You had children. You had a house. Your husband was successful. You came up with this great idea. You followed it through. You followed your heart. You pushed and pushed and pushed. You didn't want, You didn't get instant distribution. You didn't have instant success. You didn't sleep and hire a ton of people and just say, okay, now put it on the shelf, market it, get it out there. It's a lot of work. A hundred percent. And it's still work even 13 years later. So, you know, and you got to be willing to really do the work. And you've got to grind every day every day. Yeah. And I mean, the stories, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the number of people who I run into who say like, Oh, you know, I, I like, how long have you been in business? And are really surprised to hear that we've been doing this for 13 years because they didn't even stumble upon our product until maybe a couple of years ago. You know, it's, it's, I consider myself really lucky. I mean, vitamin water, when they were uh, at our stage, you know, 13 years in, they'd actually gone bankrupt or, or the founder had personally gone bankrupt once one or two times. I mean, that hasn't happened to us. Thank goodness. Right. Like, it's like, you know, it's like the stories of founders and what they've like been willing to actually, you know, go through, right. In order to get a product to market, I think is just so fascinating. It is fascinating. And you know what? 
the most important thing to me is like my show you started an organization you started the Kara network to do exactly what I do to women around the world through my show but you do it for entrepreneurs everywhere right yeah, I mean, I really started, I, I would write um, all, almost for my own therapy on on uh, LinkedIn. I would just talk about certain topics that I, especially when I was out speaking, um, I would have people ask certain questions, you know, at the end of my talk. And, and then I would decide like, okay, there was some that I wanted to sort of expand on, some topics I wanted to expand on a little bit more. And so I decided I would start writing on LinkedIn and then people would start writing into me on LinkedIn. And, you know, I still have my, my day job of being the founder and CEO of Hint. And I really just decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to maybe like take on a few of these people where I actually like, you know, write back to them or get a phone call with them. If, if I feel like I can actually be helpful in like 30 minutes time, if there's a tiny adjustment to what they're doing. And, and so then I realized that a lot of these topics that I was writing about, or maybe that people were calling about it, that I could, if I actually get them on the phone or, you know, they happen to be in either New York or San Francisco and I'm interviewing them that maybe I actually, um, you know, videotape or audio tape them. And so that's kind of how it started. And I really limited it to like, you know, no more than five a week again, because I've got this, you know, day job that I'm working on. Right. And, and so, you know, it really, that's kind of how it started. And, you know, it ends up that oftentimes people just need some, somebody or something to help them not put the walls up or break down those walls. Maybe it's from talking to negative people. Maybe it's, you know, it's just sanity checks sometimes, right? It's, it's confidence boosters. And so finally I just like decided like I could actually really help a lot of people if I started to, you know, really do this in a way that, you know, started to get it out there. So in addition to, you know, doing the Kara network, I now, um, I, I still write for LinkedIn and then I also do a lot of stuff for Forbes and, and also entrepreneur and, and, uh, some other publications as well. And there, you know what, Kara, there's something about giving back that is extremely powerful. There's something about really, really heartfully and really, really like soulfully wanting to give back and give somebody a hand up that just that, that builds your confidence, builds your heart, builds your mind, and builds your strength. And I tell people that all the time, like, it's it's so easy to be so self-absorbed when you're trying to do this. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean, just so self-absorbed with, oh, my God, is it going to happen? Am I, am I spending all my family's money? Oh, my gosh, you know, am I being an idiot? People are saying I'm stupid. Am I? And listening to everything as well as the negative voices that you have in your own head. That yeah. When you have someone there that'll give you a hand or give you a leg up or that you can just, you know, ask a simple question. Like some of the questions I get are just so simple and they know the answer. They just wanted to hear me say it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's like such a key piece of it is just like having, you know, somebody that, you know, that you find who's maybe not sort of so close to the situation, but you know, also helps you to realize like, you know, if you don't do this, 
then maybe, you know, it doesn't get done or, you know, or, or frankly, maybe it's not, you know, the right time. I mean, I've also talked to people before who have, you know, said like, look, I really want to do this. I've got, you know, an idea and, but I can't afford to quit my day job and I've got kids at home and I'm the sole breadwinner. And then I'm like, then maybe you shouldn't, right? Like maybe you shouldn't do it. It's just like, and, you know, and, and so I'm also, I think that that's the key thing. It's like, you know, sometimes people think like, well, I'm not courageous enough or I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, willing to take risks or whatever, but everybody's life is different. Right. And you have to like make those decisions for yourself. And, and, you know, if, if you have, if you're the sole breadwinner and you've got three kids at home and you're worried about making your mortgage and then maybe it's not really the right time, but maybe you can set a goal for yourself to say, I'm going to save a little bit of money. I'm going to do this on weekends. I'm going to, you know, try and figure out like in some relatively safe way, because I want to know whether or not I can do it, that, you know, allows you to see whether or not this is a possibility. Right, Carrie. I tell people this all the time because they'll say to me, well, you quit, you know, you closed your agency, you quit your job, you know. And believe me when I tell you, I have dumped every ounce of my life savings in 11 years into One Tough Mother. Every ounce. And I say, but here's the gig. I, my kids were grown. They're all educated. I have my home. I, I'm, I'm healthy. I can work another job. I can take consulting in. And it has become so powerful and so so big to so many women. I keep saying, remember, you don't have to be 20, 30, 40. You could be in your 50s like me. Yeah. You could get further on in your life. You could do little bits and pieces now that will set you up for later. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important to share that with with people as well. I think it's it's super important. Yeah, because it's crazy and and the world moves so quickly and especially now that the internet is just so ingrained in our lives. It, it's you've just really you've got to sometimes take a breath and step back and go, "Okay, it doesn't have to be today." I can work towards that goal. And then, you know, just because you're 50, even if you're 60, heck, um, Colonel Sanders didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken or be ha- wasn't very powerful with it until he was in his 70s, I think. 100%. So, yeah, we just got to remember those things. Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I love the product. I don't just say that to anybody because I, I really don't ask people on the show that I don't think their product is very great. But I love the product, but I also know that you're coming out with a new product, and I have to hit that really quick. Well, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate it. I mean, we came out with our sunscreen. It's actually available nationwide in uh, in Target, and it's available online, too. Um, but we'll be, you know, that's sort of the first of many others that we're going to be coming out with, too. Well, I'm super stoked for you. I'm super excited. I can't thank you enough for this, for your time and being on the show. I know how busy you are. And um, again, when you're in New York, you know, look me up. We'll have a glass of wine or we'll have some wild hint and we will sit down and discuss it. If you need anything at all, please reach out and I'm going to get you your One Tough Mother shirt. And let me tell you, your assistant Kay is just a doll and she's going to get her One Tough Mother shirt too. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Listen, have a great rest of the week, too. You, too. I hope it stops raining here and enjoy being out there, believe me. (laughs)
Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And of course, we've got headlines and headaches. Oh, yeah. Big news. I-95 is complete after 60 years. You know, it's a major part of the president's infrastructure plan is being completed this week, except the president was Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, Wow. (laughs) I know, right? Too bad he wasn't alive to see it. He'd be so proud. Um, A small gap in Interstate 95 between Pennsylvania and New Jersey is nearing completion after 60 years and will open to the public by September 24th. Are you going to the ribbon cutting ceremony, Karen, or no? Yeah, I believe me. It's going to be repaired now at the very start of where they started. <laughs> so who knows? Oh, boy. Uh, a Pennsylvania Turnpike official said completing the missing link will ease congestion and cut down traveling time. The project is uh, the last funded by President Eisenhower's 1956 National Interstate and Defense Highways Act. Um, what? There was still money in that? I mean, I'm sure what? That $50 he had then, you know, it probably cost $50 million now. I don't know how that right. works. Um, yeah. I-95, for people who don't know, is home to a fifth of the nation's road miles and serves 110 million people, uh, reports Bloomberg. The interstate facilitates 40% of the nation's gross domestic product. Wow. Uh, for yeah. people on the West Coast or in the middle country or out of the country, it's it basically goes up and down the coast, uh, the East Coast of the United States. Correct? It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy that... And, and I'm not kidding when I say that it's probably got to be re they have to go back to the beginning where they started and repair it. Just makes you realize like, you know, between like Northeast and, you know, California, like that's like almost all the money made in this country or in those two, in, in that area, those two areas. It's right. Crazy. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, millennials will be outnumbered soon. Generation Z will account for 32% of the earth's population in 2019 compared to millennials at 31.5%, according to a Bloomberg analysis. Members of Generation Z born after 2001, oh my God, uh, differ from their millennial pro- uh, predecessors. They've only ever known a digital world. They grew up amid uh, the war on terror and the global recession. Research also shows that Generation Z members anticipate being happier and more optimistic than millennials who were born between 1980 and 2000. These differences are expected to make themselves felt as Generation Z starts to vote and make financial decisions. That's going to be really interesting, though, as, as time goes on. You know, we, we, we tend to focus in the news on the negative of generations and just in general. And, you know, I, especially when the, the Parkland shooting and just seeing how those kids reacted, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be optimistic and hopeful for the future. I am very optimistic and hopeful. And you know why? Because I'm. Um, First of all, my grandsons are 12 and 14 and my my kids are having kids and their friends are having kids. And I'm really proud and really honored to watch how they're raising them. So I think um, things are starting to level up a little bit. I think, you know, all of us had to work really hard while our kids were growing up. Two family incomes and divorce rates were so high and still are, but, and there's still two family income, but I think people are starting to to slide back a little bit and spend more time with their families. And I think that's going to really level up on things. Wow, that's a great point, Karen. Um, I'm doing my best too, you know? <laughs> yeah, 
It's really tough. And it's, you know, it's Seth, you give up a lot in my, for, to have Melissa stay home with the kids and, and my um, son and his wife, his wife stays home with the kids and my daughter and her husband, her, um, she stays home with the kids and her husband works and all four of them are highly educated, but they give up certain things to raise their own children, to, to stay home with their kids. And that is extremely important. If you can do any of that anyway, I worked nights for years. So I had my kids, you know, so I could be with my kids during the day and be at work while they slept. If there's anything that you can do to do that, you got to try because their life is such a blink and so short that that's really beneficial to them. You mean their childhood is so short, right? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, even it's, it's very, it's prevalent in my town where, you know, I see people, you know, reaching for the brass ring. They got the nice house and, you know, all that, but, you know, their kids are brats. They're not getting the attention they need. And, you know, they're not bad kids, but, you know, they're, they're not getting what they need. You could see it. And, uh, right. I don't know if that's worth right. it. Okay. That's enough. Uh, I'm going to stop preaching now and continue on <laughs> headlines and headaches. Step down. <laughs> Step down from the podium, sir. You do not work. Yes. Here. Mattress retailers go to war. I love it. The contest over, over over who will provide Americans with a good night's sleep has turned into a brawl with startups taking on more established online brands for market share. Fast Company reports. Casper, which is now the top online mattress retailer in the U.S., is a poster child for the rapid VC-funded growth, whereas Sattva and Amerisleep have been pouring profits back into the business and growing slowly. These are just a few of the numerous brands looking to capture multi-billion online mattress market, which has left agency brick and mortar competitors reeling. I have um, a Casper. Um, a mattress in a box? I do. It's for not for me, for my oldest. Um, because they were sponsors on one of the podcasts we uh, were producing and they sent one to the office and the sales guy let me take it. Um, and it's, it's decent. There's, uh, there's another company. Uh, I was doing an entrepreneur podcast and a guy who founded a company I think called Helix. It was really interesting because they, they custom make the mattresses based on your needs. Even if you had a king size, they can make half half one way and half the other way, which is really cool. Um, wow. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, I, I don't feel bad for the brick and mortar agency competitors because um, these these companies are being, um, uh, they're developing and, and, and creating, using tech to make mattresses better. So, you know, to that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I just don't think I could ever buy a mattress in a box. Um, it, it works. You know, it's it's is it the greatest thing ever. No, but it, it, he's comfortable and he likes it. Um, it's yeah. I I, I think it's uh, and the, the technology is there. It works. You know, I have a Tempur Pedic because I, I used to wake up hurting, and the Tempur Pedic I think is the greatest thing ever. I love it. Yeah, I think that I I have a. Oh gosh, I don't even know what the name of it is. It just escaped my head. Nice. The one that you can turn, you can press a button and make it harder or lighter. Isn't that like sleep number or something? Yes, that's it. Sleep number. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about sleeping because we're awake right now. Uh, right. Nabisco lets animal crackers loose. What? I don't understand. The animals featured in Barnum's uh, animal crackers boxes have lived for more than a century behind the bars of a circus box bar. Now they're roaming free in a grassland. Nabisco and its parent company, Mondola's International, I had no idea that was the parent company, made Me the change either. after people, the ethical treatment of animals, raised concerns over the circus box car design and asked for an update, reports Associated Press. Mondela's representative says- No, Mondelez. Mondelez, whatever. 
Sorry, I know it because I, I worked with I worked with somebody that worked with them. Mondelez is a, a spinoff of Kraft. Oh, really? So Kraft yeah. is really the parent parent, or they just they're the parent parent, right? Kraft owns everything. Um, uh, they said they saw it as a great opportunity to keep the brand modern and contemporary. Nabisco has been making crackers since 1902. This is fine and like whatever, but people for the ethical treatment of animals. It's was that a slow day? I mean, right. <laughs> come on. It's a box of animal crackers. Give me a break. All right. Anything, Karen? You good? Yeah. You know what? It's it, sometimes stupidity. I have to be silent. All right. Good idea. All right. McNuggets got acquired. Excuse me? Yep. Tyson Foods is set to acquire Keystone Foods in a $2.16 billion deal. The acquisition will help the company to expand its range into higher end products such as chicken nuggets and have a larger global reach. Keystone is the top supplier of meat to McDonald's and other chains. Tyson last month lowered its profit forecast for the year, citing uncertainty in trade policies and increased tariffs. Um, can I comment on this? Please. Really? So what your, your <laughs> idea is to buy crappier quality food for 2.6 million. This is a 2.16. This is what's wrong with America. We are eating garbage. And exactly. Is, and look how much the garbage is worth. It's crazy. This stuff is so cheap and it's like the scraps. And it, it's just amazing. I think Tyson does some good things with, you know, I think they have some good products. They put out some organic meats and stuff, but this is just like to me, bottom of the barrel. Although it's fillers, it's, 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 it's whatever they can fill it up with and a chicken flavor. Yeah, it's gross. Although I think McDonald's uh, a couple of years ago uh, changed and said their their nuggets are white meat nuggets and all that, but it's uh, that's the whole show. We could do a whole show on that. That's you know, yep. people try to eat clean. Try try to stay away from that garbage. Okay, please. Yeah, please. But this one does not surprise me. Aretha Franklin died without a will. Uh, Shocked me. Did, Shocked me. No, I, I think they. I think they, they stress and get so paranoid about it that they just can't do it. You know, I think Prince didn't have a will and now he was a lot younger, but um, just, yeah, it's just people are get a little nutty with their money and everything else. Like they almost want to take it with them. Uh, I'm not saying that's her, the case with her, but um, Aretha Franklin left no will and she died last week at the age of 76, uh, reports the New York Times. According to Michigan law, her estate will be divided among her children but a lack of estate planning documents could result in details of her personal finances being made public and family infighting. The Times notes that the estates of musicians are especially complicated due to music rights, a particularly contentious issue after the death of the late singer Prince, who also did not have a will or leave a will. A 2017 survey by Caring.com found that a majority of Americans do not have, an est have estate planning documents. You know, I thought that after Prince passed away, she might, you know, everybody in the music industry read about, you know, Prince and all these celebrities that, that pass away without a will. Wouldn't they be like, oh, geez, you know, I've got a few kids here. I want to make sure this is as easy as possible for them. You know, no, because these people, these artists, a lot of times are so narcissistic or just so artistic, one or the other, where they're just not even thinking or focusing on anything, but themselves or their their art and so it doesn't really surprise me at all oh all right all right that's just me oh hey it's just me guys I, I, listen. wait 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 wait, dude what? do you have a will no nah, i got a wife um 
<laughs> you, you got a wife, you don't need a will. There you go. Um, not necessarily true, but yeah. What are you even putting that out there? Don't even, I'm editing that out of the show. You don't even put that out in the atmosphere about me and wills. That's bad luck. Oh, stop it. There's no such thing. Okay. And the opinions of me are not necessarily those of Karen, a one tough mother. I just want to make that clear. Okay. <laughs> Teens worry they use phones too much. Well, they should. Uh, roughly. And, you know, we do too. And I do too. And well, yeah. okay. our phones are running the show. Let's be honest. Roughly half of U.S. teens say they spend too much time on their cell phones, according to a new research from Pew. About the same time, uh, about the same proportion of teens report taking steps to limit their use of devices. Another survey found that about two-thirds of parents also worry about their children spending too much time in front of screens. Excuse me, you two-thirds of parents. Look at yourselves. You're using it exactly. too. Because I'm guilty yep. as well. Nearly 60% of parents report setting screen time restrictions for their children. The findings come as technology companies introduce features to cut back on phone addiction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you say it because um, my my third son was just talking recently, I don't know, maybe a month ago, about that they try to put their phones down when they get home, when he gets home from work. His wife is home with the, with the three little girls and one's a baby and put his phone down and try not to, to, to look at his phone. And, you know, he's he's got a, a very important job, but he – make sure that like he puts it down he you know tries not to look at it he's making a concerted effort to not be attached to it when he comes through the door it's 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 a real pain in the butt you know but i gotta say i can't go to a restaurant unless i give my daughter a phone just uh, she's two almost three and just she's just way too full of energy and it's the only thing we can do to get her to not be crazy Okay. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I know it's. I feel terrible, but I'm not gonna lie. I, I used the phone at the restaurant. Okay. And um, okay, you gotta do what you gotta do, dude. Yeah, and I use the phone too much myself, and you know, I like to. I believe in limiting screen time. And definitely one of the things I learned from a guy who runs social media, uh, or he's a social media cop for New York. Uh, for New York, um, he said he at 10 o'clock at night or whatever time it is, he, he collects all electronics from his kids and everything. You got, you got to make sure they're not, they don't, your girls or your boys don't have their phones in bed. Like there's, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of kids do. So yeah. that's one thing I would recommend for sure is like, you can't let them, they'll stay up all night and, and be on their phones. Yeah. My girlfriend did that. My girlfriend is, is a doctor. Her husband's an attorney and at um, 10 o'clock at night, their phones get plugged into her room. Yeah, it has to. You got laptops, anything. Like you shouldn't have. Like it's got to be shut down. All right, and they have more, access Karen. to their phones. What was that? And they have access, like security. They can get into their phones and read through things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your kids. You know, that's another thing too. Oh, your kids. Your kids don't have right to privacy. Like you got to make sure, like, especially this day and age, with what goes on, and, and God forbid, things bad things happen to kids because of what happens on social media or what happens online. No. You you have every right to be in your kids' stuff, like, right? The kids are not your friends; they're your kids. Right. You have to protect right. from themselves sometimes. You and I agree a hundred percent on that. And everybody else is going to come after us for that. Oh, they have a right to some private. No, 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 they're your kids. They have a right to be protected by you. That's it. That is it. I like that, Karen. Thank you. All right, one more. We got one more. Uh, Facebook uh, data of four million misused. Shocker. Shocking. <laughs> Facebook has warned four million users that 
The My Personality app may have shared their data with companies and researchers with limited protections, business insider reports. Yeah, I'm sure that was an accident. Uh, My Personality was mostly used before 2012, and the company said there's no evidence the app gained information of users' Facebook friends. The app has been investigated by Facebook since April when it was suspended from the social network. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's like that's it, it, yeah. you know, I, I, I you know how I feel about Facebook lately. I've yes. I've really not been doing a lot on Facebook lately because every time I open the news, there's something that Facebook has done or is doing, or and it just it's gotten to the point right now where you're talking to the same twelve people, and you might have seven thousand friends, but you the same twelve people see your messages. Well, let's just say Facebook, get it together, okay? All yeah, right? and that's all we have to say about that. Let's move on to email. If you're ready, Karen, are you ready? Is mail in? Mail's in. Do it. Dear One Tough Mother, I have been divorced for seven years. Recently, I have started to miss having someone in my life full time. Someone to talk to, to come home to, to go out to dinner with, someone to confide in. Um, But however, every time I date someone, I end up breaking it off. I have dated some very nice women, attractive, intelligent, and successful, but I always find something wrong with them and end up leaving. Is this Jerry Seinfeld? Okay. My friends and family, especially my sisters, say I do this um, because even though my divorce was mutual, I haven't gotten over my ex. My sister thinks I need to see someone and talk through this. What are your thoughts? Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, you know, you know what? This is a guy. Is this a guy? Right? It sounds yeah. like a man. Yeah. You go first. Sure, I absolutely should talk to someone and see if you know your family might be right. You might not, you know, be over your ex yet. You might be comparing all these women to your ex. And, you know, I, I had definitely issues dating too. I had this thing where I'd always try to, not try to, but I would just always find something wrong with, with the people, I were, the girl, the women I, were, I was dating. And it, it, it's an issue. It's, it's a fear of commitment. You're afraid to get burned again or, you know, or, you know, to have like, to open up your heart just to get, you know, crushed. Um, and therapy is definitely a way to go for this. I, no doubt. I mean, if you, if you really want to be with somebody, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm one that believes that it's, it's a better life. You, you got to fix yourself first a little bit and not that you're broken. It's just, you got to get in the right mindset. And I think you might need a little help doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you're only going to better yourself and be happier at the end of the day. I agree a hundred percent because, um, we all have been burnt. We've all gone through a million things. People say to me, um, wow, your story is really interesting. No, everybody has a story. It's whether they want to tell it or not. And um, let me tell you something. If you can go to the doctors because you have a sore throat or you can go to the doctor because you hurt your foot, you can go see someone because you think something's not right in your head or your heart. So I agree with you, Seth. And I'm the last person in the world that would that agrees in at therapy because I just don't – I. I've tried it with someone and it didn't work for me, but let me tell you something. Um, you deserve it. You deserve to be happy and you deserve to make someone happy. And there's statistics that show that people that have a significant other or is with someone do live longer and they do have a happier, fuller life. So if you are questioning this, you already know in your heart and in your head that there's an answer. Yep. So and, we, uh, I agree, Seth. Go talk to someone. And seek it out any way you can get it, you know? Yes. No doubt. All right, we got one more email. Uh, dear OTM, what age do you think is the correct age to allow your daughter to date? 
you know, um, the kind of date where she gets in a boy's car alone to go somewhere. My friends are letting their daughters between 14 and 15 go. I say 16. What do you say? I say I feel like I'd throw up, but um, uh, I think, see, I, I'm trying to go like in my head, like high school, blah, blah, blah. I think 15, 16, like on the later end of 15 and then, you know, when they're 16, but it has to be the destination. Like you're going from point A to point B. I know the point A time, it's going to take you 22 minutes to get to point A and 22 minutes to get home. Um, not just cruising around. Yeah. I don't think I want my daughter going in someone's car. Honestly, only for not, not, I think every kid's different. You have to treat your kids, you know, you have to know your kids and know, you know, what works, but I'm not comfortable with a young driver. Okay. Me either. Yeah. That's, that's my issue. I said, you want to hang out with this guy? I'll drop you off. I'll pick you up. Uh, You know, if, if I'm at some point, Seth, you're not going to be able to do that. She's going to say, dad, we're going out on a date. Uh, so is it going to be 16? You're going to say, okay. And you're going to say, go from A to B. I'll let you know in 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right now. I like, it's, it's about how good of a driver a kid is. I don't, I don't like these, these, I see these kids driving around this town. I hate them. I want to, I want them all out. Right. So. Right. No, well, no. Again, my daughter was, I think I, I'm pretty sure my daughter was 16 and um, again, it was a destination. Like I was like, okay, you're going here. Okay, you better be there. Blah 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 blah. And then you you be home at this at point. And boy, when I tell you, I was one tough mother. When I said you be, you were home at a time, you better move heaven and earth to be home on that time. Well, now we can track them too, which is uh, definitely helpful. Yeah. See, I didn't even have that. So yeah. No, you just had the the fear of of one tough mother. Right. So here's the deal. Here's the answer to that question. Be in your kid's life. Okay. This kind of goes back to the uh, yeah. the last email. Be in your kid's life. Figure out where they are, what they're doing, and, and stick to it. 100%. Okay. So today's mother says this. And before we, we go, again, thank you, Maxi Climber. You're a great, great sponsor. We, we both have it. We're both doing it. Go to my Instagram, one tough mother underscore one tough mother with a U underscore N. You'll see every day I post my video and uh, or something of me on the Maxi Climber. And thank you so much, Kara Golden. You are amazing. You're, you're best of luck. I mean, I love Hint Water. I'm, bu- I'm buying it for Mail Manager Mom because she refuses to drink water. So it's really good stuff. And thank you so much for being a guest on our show. So today's mother said it says is be easy to love, hard to break, and impossible to forget. I like that, right? Strong. Yep. Be easy to love, hard to break, and impossible to forget. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Seth. I I think you're going to have a great week this week. I think you're going to have a better one. We've got exciting things coming up, everyone. So hang in with us because uh, there's been a lot of crazy, exciting offers and things happening. So it's going to be big news soon, 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 soon.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.